Welcome to Through the Corporate Glass, a podcast that explores career choices. Welcome to another episode of Through the Corporate Glass. I'm your host Ashwini. What does business development involve? Does this vary between a startup and an established company? What are the skills required to be a successful business development manager? To answer this and share his fabulous journey, we have with us Hussein Kazal. Hussein is a product and business leader with over 20 years of international product and partnership management, marketing and business development experience in both startups and global organizations. He's currently the global lead for networking business development for Amazon Web Services Marketplace. Hussein has a very structured way of tackling decision making and I've personally benefited from his advice more than once so I really look forward to his sharing his thought process on the podcast for our listeners welcome to our podcast Hussein thank you so much Ashwin it's nice to be here I'd like to start by talking a little bit about your journey which has been a super interesting one so I'm going to broadly divide this into your you know pre MBA and post MBA phases and ask you about what your career was like in a startup working on network design and then moving over to customer support subsequently becoming a principal engineer in test could you tell us a little bit about that journey before you did your mba absolutely my background is i grew up in the middle east the pressure is always on you to be an engineer a doctor and growing up i just had this fascination with aviation and 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 being able to build airplanes as a kid that kind of what drove me towards engineering specifically electrical engineering my father was in the aviation business not on the technical track but he had a lot of friends and and I was fascinated with what they did and I was in my mind engineering electrical cuz that's how I'm going to be able to get to build airplanes and over time obviously I tweaked my goals and and that's how I came out when I graduated it was um 97 telecommunications was a growing industry there's a lot of opportunities and coming out of school I just explored different options and one of them was network design at the time DM technology was the most common and IP obviously but ATM was a new technology and I got an opportunity to join a group that was doing network design and consulting that's how I I got into telecom and and in that I just loved providing customers with advice helping them solve problems i did my internship at nortel and then i moved to newbridge in the same field and then i got an opportunity to join a startup and that's how i got into support and then i moved to akatel where i joined the sr team and that's how we met right uh, and that was you know the beginning of my uh, process of thinking about what's next you know kind of projecting to like okay 5 10 years from now what it is that i want to do the decision to go an mba is is a non trivial one especially if you've done something that you've loved for a while so i'm curious about how you decided to take the plunge in <laughs> it wasn't easy cuz at the time i had you know 12 years of experience and it wasn't the mba the the, the initial thought was uh, what am i going to do 5 10 years from there and i work backwards from there and and what i loved was all these business leaders taking you know ideas and and building a business around them and growing them 
taking a company and turning it around. You know, business leaders that you see in the news, and I was fascinated by that. I just didn't see um, how I could be that person or, or in that role from where I was. And working backwards from looking at those backgrounds, I came to the conclusion that I need to complement my technical skills with business skills. Because a lot of these business leaders, they're either traditionally were involved in business or they were technical and then evolved into through entrepreneurship or career development into a business role. And I, I thought with 12 years of experience, you know, I can't, in my view at the time, I was like, I'm not going to be able to, to have those opportunities from support to transition or there's not going to be that many opportunities. And I realized that there's two parts to becoming a business leader. There's the experience piece, and then there's the education piece. And being an engineer, you know, I, I was strong technically, and I figured an MBA would both give me a, that foundation of marketing, accounting, all of the lessons from, you know, past experiences, the foundation to, to make good business decisions. So that was the education piece. And then the second part was an experience to, to further develop that education. Yeah, I really like that. You think about where you want to be in five years and then work backwards. That's a really nice way of making a decision. Now, post-MBA, I know you pursued consulting, marketing, product, and then business development. So yeah. I'm curious what the common thread was. I'm sure there was something in those <laughs> which is kind of fascinating to you. Yeah. So the good thing about, you know, the MBA is that you, you network with a lot of people that come from different back and then you get to learn about what their experience is like and what their goals and aspirations are. And once you have that foundation, uh, for me in the MBA, I found management consulting was a, a quick way for me to get breadth in the business world mm -hmm. and decision-making without, you know, having to pick something. You get to help a client with a particular problem, could be sales, marketing, operational problem. And then that would give me breadth and build on that foundation that I got out of the MBA program. So my idea was, how am I gonna get those set of experiences that are gonna prepare me to make good decisions as a business leader? And it was management consulting was the answer. I applied for a position as a management consultant in a boutique a consulting firm and um, dealt with partners who've been there for years colleagues who led engagements with clients. It was a very rich experience and exposed me to the business decision-making process and how to improve it uh, for me as an individual trying to, to make my way into a, a business leader. I guess it's a, a fortunate set of, uh, of experiences that kind of led to where I am now. While I was a management consulting, an ex-colleague had reached out to me that had a startup that was doing uh, streaming games, technology to your TV or computer without having a console. And I was intrigued because it was an operational role that leveraged a little bit of my background and support, but it was a leadership role uh, on the operational side to lead that in a startup. That's how I got out of consulting into this startup world again, because that would have been my second startup. And then in that, obviously, post-acquisition, that startup got acquired. I was again left at what am I going to do next? And that's where I, Sunil had reached out in Nuage, which was part of Nokia, to help and build a partnership program. Again, it's a BD function. I've never done that before, and that's intriguing. Is is an opportunity for me to come learn and contribute. And that's how I got into business development and the partnership side. And then two years into it, there was a vacancy in, in the marketing role. 
and I had another opportunity to broaden my skill set beyond just operational experience and business development and include marketing because that's another critical piece. And I've again, I've never done marketing before. Um, and I was doing analyst relations, PR, um, lead generation, demand generation. Uh, but it took obviously Sunil, I don't know what he saw, but he saw potential there, I'd like to think. And he gave me that opportunity. And that's how I ended up, you know, expanding into marketing. And and then it was another startup, Feli, where I was asked to lead business development and the role expanded to include product management. And then obviously at AWS, now I'm in a BD role. So it's just a bunch of things that came my way. And despite how scary it is to take a leadership role and then for somebody to have faith in your ability to execute and then just take that opportunity and, and make the, the most out of it. So, Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's amazing how many new frontiers you've conquered. And I'm sure you'll be able to compare and contrast these and bring out some nuances. I'm looking forward to understanding from you a little bit more about business development. When we say business development, it actually means different things to different people, honestly. So I'd love to hear your definition. Yeah, I think, I think it's difficult to really come up with one definition that reflected because it varies by product, it varies by company and stage in the life of a company. So if you look at a startup, the original founders are probably the ones that are doing the business development. It's something that the founder does. They find a need and then come up with a solution to address that need. And then they try to build the business around it. So it's a something that a founder owns initially. But then as that startup grows, you'll need somebody to own that business development role. And the idea there is to just take that product and then I'd call it trailblaze to make sure that you build something that would then the sales owner would take and sell. And then it's a, it's a critical role in the beginning because you're still trying to find product market fit. You're working closely with the founders, with the product team, and then you're really building that initial playbook to go to market, working with marketing, with sales leaders to define that initial go-to-market emotion. Now, if you look at a bigger company, uh, something where the product is already selling and you're brought in as a business leader to scale the business, and that may happen through partnerships. The, the direct sales motion has already been established. Now you're looking for scale and you need to be able to build partnerships, either technology partnerships, which is what I did at Nuage, where oh. you're looking for one plus one equals three partners that would help you build something better. And then you can go to market together. Uh, sometimes it's building resale motion with channel partners. Um, sometimes it's scaling it with like, for example, global systems integrators. At each stage, the business development role evolves and requires different set of skills, different experiences. I think the one thing that is important to know is that business development is not like a, a big group. It's usually one or two folks that are working cross-functionally. It's always an overlay that is working with product, with marketing, with sales leaders, with executives. You never really own a big team, but you have to do things through influence. And that's where the relationship piece becomes critical because, you know, there's, there's value in you understanding, obviously, the space and, and, and the product and the, the basics of GTM. But I think 
you need to be able to be that person that would go and build relationships, earn trust with partners, build those relationships over time and, and grow them where they can help you grow sales and, and enter new markets or scale your business. And I think that's a critical skill for any business development, individual or, or leader. It, it feels like it's a combination of a bunch of different roles. So I'm going to double click a little bit about what you mentioned in the startup context first, and then talk about the established companies. In the startup context, you mentioned this is you trying to find the uh, product market fit. Would you think there is a lot of subject matter expertise that you would need, or would this be more of observing the the customer and possibly the data patterns to be successful over there? Yeah, I think it depends on the space. And uh, for example, if it's a startup in a completely new category, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's learning. If you're trying to differentiate, you're entering a market with a lot of players, I think understanding the sales motion in that space is critical because you're trying to leverage existing relationships, systems that are in place and trying to insert your product. So maybe it's a combination of both. Uh, if you have an understanding of the customers in that segment, their needs, I think that gives you a, a leg up. That gives you an advantage to accelerate finding that fit and executing. And certainly that's an existing space. In a new category, I think you need to be a, a good student, right? Observant, uh, thinking quickly on your feet uh, and be able to pivot um, because you're going to have a hypothesis and it may be wrong. And right. you have to be quick in realizing that and then adapting. Uh, and then you're observing because, you know, there's a lot of lessons from history, right? There's, you know, you may be in a new category, but it could be there's something that was done that is similar that you can leverage. And it's all about trial and error, right? I think that's a, a critical thing is like just observing, learning, trying quickly, failing, find reasons for failure because it's trailblazing and you don't want to stick to to one thing and keep going because you could be off on the tangent and not it's hard for you to recover from there that definitely makes a lot of sense i i'm also curious if this is tied in some way to expertise in a particular field or in the product in some sense so for example would you be able to do business development in a networking context and then just move over to doing this for a social media company or there's some expertise that you would need to bring to this role? Yeah, I think you play from your area of strength, especially if you're trying to become a business development person in a new category. For example, for me, it was telecom was an industry I was familiar with. It's good to make that transition in that space first, as opposed to trying to do it in a new industry, in a new role. Because you have an advantage there, understand the players and the different problems and the solutions. And I think once you establish yourself in that space and you develop those skills, then you can look at transition because the value there is you're bringing a fresh perspective into that category, right? As opposed to somebody who's been in social media, for example, for a long time, you coming in as somebody who is experienced in business development from a different industry may bring a new perspective. And that gives you an advantage over somebody who's been there and and hopefully uh, you can try new things to help scale the business. Or, But again, you have to have some skills to add because you can't just say, oh, I'm just going to learn both business and the space. Right. It's, it's usually something that you can't wait two or three years to, to deliver value. The expectation is that somebody who's doing business development to be able to make progress pretty quickly 
Yeah, I know in a sales function, things are driven by targets and in a marketing function, possibly by the number of people who engage in the marketing content. But how is success measured for business development? Good question. The cliche answer is like there's a business plan, right? There is something that you're given an objective Uh and from that objective and, and end goal, you're supposed to put out a plan to get there and then exploring different routes and then, you know, figuring out how much business to deliver when and what are the the needs to get there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So your goal is executing on that plan. The goal obviously could be a very high level thing and you have to break it down into phases and, and needs and requirements. And then you spell out these requirements and you set milestones and to track progress. Uh, and that's how you're measured is a delivery. For example, it could be growing and building an ecosystem of partners. The initial stage would be building relationships, right? Identifying the, the strategic partners that you need to work with and deliver some level of value. And then the next step is like, oh, we've established the relationship. Let's go after business together. Right. And then in that stage would be the number of wins. And then it would be once you figure out that successful motion, it could be how to scale it. You know, how can you repeat that with 10 more? So yeah, I think that's kind of how you're measured. It's you actually, the advantage is that you can actually define your KPIs and what you're going to be measured on, en route to that end goal. Got it. And it's, I know you mentioned this a couple of times. You said building relationships is crucial for this role. How would one go about building these relationships? That's a, it's part art, part science. You know, the good, the good thing is that I think it's being able to come into the the discussion. I'm not very good at initiating like cold calling. That's something that, you know, maybe sales leaders are really good at. As an individual, that's something I'm continuing to develop. So typically I get introduced to these partnerships through either a sales channel, prior engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's about, you know, building trust with that partner, uh, being able to share and invest in developing that partnership to earn the partner's trust. And then through that, by, for me, I'm the type that I would invest in the partnership more than I would get back because I feel that's how I prove my value. For example, contributing with leads, for example, it could be like, let's grow business together. I would be the one pursuing investing initially and bringing the leads. If it's a matter of, no, we need to contribute in terms of content for example, or resources. And so I try to build that over time through earning their trust, investing my time and effort so that the other party would start to match. And then over time, they see the quality, the, appreciate the effort that you put into the relationship and they'll do the same. And a lot of times it's not like a deliberate thing. You know, we set out small goals because the thing is, if you set up a big goal, and you're not able to achieve it, that destroys trust, right? And then there's no value seen by the other party in that relationship. And that breaks that partnership. So you have to be realistic about what you can deliver and contribute. And you have to build on those small successes to both to earn trust and then use as a foundation to do something bigger together. But yeah, I mean, like I said, the partnership piece came out of when I was at Nuage, where we had a handful of big partners. And then these are existing relationships that I leveraged. And then it was about expanding, either attending events, 
uh, trying to reach out to partners that we have not considered, but are in the similar space mm-hmm. to some of our existing partners. And then you reach out to learn more about their business and their product and offer. And that usually works. People want to, to collaborate and do things. And uh, over time in your tool set, you figure out what works, what doesn't you rinse and repeat. You one successful motion with one partner you learn from, and then you take it to another. And then again, you, sometimes it's, it doesn't work and you have to evaluate what didn't work. Was it me? Was it the approach? Was it the partner? And try to improve that on the next one. It's a lot of trial and error. You have to build a strong network of, of peers, internal, external. Um, nurture those relationships over time. It doesn't have to be, there doesn't have to be something. It's reaching out to your network, staying in touch. Because at least in networking, it's a small industry. And a lot of people move around. And that's an asset. These relationships are an asset that you can you know, build on top of and, and grow over multiple years in terms of the number of people, the reach. Yeah, I love the approach that you mentioned. The relationship and the network is you just keep in touch and you grow the network, not necessarily with some particular intention in mind. Exactly. Yeah. I'm curious whether business development actually looks different between cloud companies and a company which sells hardware. I know you've done, you know, the cloud company part with AWS, you've done the hardware piece with Nuage and Alcatel. So how do you see them? It's interesting because the struggle we had initially with Nokia Nuage is the customer that buys a product from us at the time as a service provider. Right? And then service providers tend to have different needs. Uh, they buy or procure products differently. And then on the cloud side, the, 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 the customer personas, it's very broad, right? You could have small teams that are building something in the garage, and then you have big companies. I think the basics of business development are the same, still the relationships, the business plan, the value. But at least in a big company like AWS, you have a lot of resources. Um, you have a strong brand. And those are great assets to have as a business person. And then on the same thing on the hardware side, you have a strong brand, but it's a specific segment of the industry. And and I think the selling of hardware and the selling of software and consumption are two different models, right? Good thing from business, if it's pay as you, if it's consumption based, it's an easier sales motion because the customers doesn't have to come up with a big upfront commitment you have that credibility in the market, somebody like AWS, and there's low barrier to enter in terms of a business, and then you build that over time. Selling hardware, there is like a distributor. It's kind of different to market motion. Okay. Uh, and then it's usually an upfront, a big upfront commitment. But my focus has always been on the partnership side. For example, at the time it was Red Hat, partners in security and, and others as well. Uh, so it was similar, but again, upfront commitments are usually, it's a longer sales cycle, more challenging for a business a person, uh, and then pay as you go, uh, you know, low barrier to enter are easier, uh, somewhat. Uh, they're both difficult, <laughs> but I think it's, 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 it's easier to, to, to handle and manage and, and scale. Interesting. What would you say is the most challenging part of your role or your day? I think prioritizing any role. Uh, there's always, you get a lot of cool things to work on, uh, but you have to be strong and say no to really good opportunities because you want to execute well, 
And sometimes you're just going to have to say no to really good opportunities because you need to focus. That's a skill that, you know, I'd like to do more. And it's always, oh, there's something new to learn and do. But it takes discipline to sometimes just know your limit and, mm-hmm. and say no. And, and these opportunities will come at a later time. That's the hard part is just realizing your limits and then to make sure you ensure a high quality output. You just have to focus. It's easy, easy to say, very hard to do. Let's put this way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So do you have any advice for fresh graduates who are trying to get into uh, business development? Anything that they should lead or do? I think in preparation for this, I was thinking about it. You and I probably have talked about it. There's three pieces of advice. First one is know what you're passionate about. What at your core, what you like to do. For me, for example, I like solving problems. I like helping others. And and I love to learn, right? And that's kind of every time I evaluate what what I want to do, I look, does it have those three elements in it? So know what you're passionate about, what makes you tick. I think that's going to make your decision-making process easier. The second piece is always have a goal and have a plan to get to that goal, working backwards, right? Because it's important to know directionally where you're headed, but be open to adjusting and pivoting because I think this is a favorite quote by Mike Tyson, right? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? So having a goal is going to give you that direction to move towards that goal, these steps to get you there, but be open. Sometimes things are going to happen. They're going to derail that plan, right? For example, COVID, you could have a plan. Nobody would anticipate COVID. You have to be able to pivot, right? You as a person may change. What you were passionate about five years ago is no longer a passion. The environment may change. So I think being open, constantly observing and adjusting your goal and your plan is, is something that's critical to you. So yeah, why do you want to be in business development? What's the passion that you have that's in that role, right? Mm-hmm. And then where do you want to do it? Do you want to do it in a startup or you want to do it in a big company? Do you want to learn from somebody you already did or you want to figure it out on your own, right? Hats off to entrepreneurs. They're doing it on their own. They're doing everything. Obviously, development on the product side, business development. So that may not be easy and may not be for everybody. So just know what you're about, have that, have a plan to get to that goal and then constantly adjust and revise to make sure that, you know, when you get to that goal, you're happy. That is what you today like and want to do. The last piece of advice that we touched on it on the partnership side, in a lot of us focus on building their brand and their career. And I think you should have a balance of building your own brand and career, but also building a network. And this network doesn't mean, oh, network in professional life. It could be outside. It's, it's the circles of friends that you have that you can lean on, right? You can bounce ideas off. You can leverage for advice. The people that are going to tell you, you messed up, right? And here's learn from my experience. So I think don't put blinders on and focus on a goal and just, I'm going to be uh, building my own brand along the way make sure you build a network of friends and colleagues, people that you can ask for advice, people you can lean in. People may actually come to you for help, right? I think it's very rewarding to help others along the way. And I think that sometimes people are so focused on 
their own goals. And like you have these phase one, phase two, phase three, and, and you miss that aspect of building these relationships, a strong network to help you grow as a person as well as a professional. That's my advice to anybody starting out. Let's just know what you're about, always have a plan, and then just not just focus on yourself, but focus on a network of, of mentors. I've been fortunate to have like really, really good mentors. I've learned, I'm usually the weakest link. So I've been fortunate to be around people that are smarter than I am, work harder to keep pushing. And I encourage a lot of people to just pursue those that would help you just become better. Yeah, I, I think that is fantastic advice for anybody seeking any career, not just business <laughs> Actually, and but true, Hussein, you've been a great mentor yourself. So, <laughs> so kind, Shreem, thank you. <laughs> so, I also want to check what you look for when you hire for your team. This is exciting because this is a role in a in a group that is solving a big pain point for AWS customers. AWS Marketplace is another service that's offered by AWS, and it solves a procurement problem for any. We call customers builders. Anybody building on top of AWS usually leverages AWS services and then third-party solutions. And there was a lot of friction in them trying to buy third-party solutions, software. And Marketplace was conceived to address that. And it's just, it's an amazing group of people. A very exciting place because of the growth in terms of the, the capabilities that the team is building the partners that we have, and then we're hiring kind of different roles. We have our own engineering team and product team. We have a category management team, which is where I am part of. That's a business development role. We also have a channel partner team. So we're hiring across the board. I will share a few that you can probably post on along with the with the podcast, but we're hiring across, uh, across the team on the engineering side, product management, business development. What's great about AWS, Amazon as a whole, is that they have a very strong culture that's built around these leadership principles. They look for people that embody these leadership principles. The good thing about Amazon, what they've done is they've labeled these things. They're not new. I think a lot of us use those leadership principles in our daily life. We just productize them. And I think if you can demonstrate these leadership principles, you're passionate about, you're obsessed about solving customer problems, um, then I think you have what it takes to succeed here. There's a diverse set of people from, you know, I come from a, the vendor side. We have people coming come, come from a, the channel partner side. We have people that come from the customer side. And I think that's what makes this place unique is that diversity of, of talent. And what I liked about Amazon and AWS is that this variety and roles and, and flexibility inside to really be part of a startup. From the outside, just Amazon as a whole, AWS just feels like a big company. But in the inside, it just had a lot of aspects of a startup where you can come up with an idea, build support for it, get sponsorship and go do it. As a customer of Amazon, I love the level of innovation they're able to do. And I think being on the inside, it's a great place because there's no limit to what you can do and the support you would get. So highly recommended and I'm happy to for anybody to reach out if they want to learn more. We can have that first call and build a relationship and help you in your business development career. 
Fantastic. So I will make sure to link in our show notes, the description of the roles and the contact information. Thank you so much, Hussein, for this fantastic chat. And it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Like as a Shruti, I, I value our, our friendship and relationship and thank you for this opportunity. Hopefully those people are going to get some use out of it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed our episode, do subscribe to the podcast and check out our show notes, which provide more information on the topics discussed during the episode. Please follow us on LinkedIn at Through the Corporate Glass and on Twitter at Corporate Glass and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our website through the corporate glass.com. 